everyone, I'm Naila and welcome to my podcast, The Gen Z Agenda. Today I'm going to be talking about people of color, solidarity, and how it doesn't really exist, or at least I don't think so. Um, the last two episodes I did were about teenage girls and how mental illness is not a trend, so if you want to check those out, please feel free to. But I thought this was a really interesting topic to discuss because I feel like people tend to clump black people into a group with people of color when in reality we have to distinguish people of color from black people because there's this idea that we're all a minority and we all share similar experiences which we do to a certain extent but the reality is that a lot of people of color are anti-black and so it doesn't really make sense for us to kind of clump all of us together when our experiences differ. And those same people of color that you're clumping into the same group as black people are anti-black. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. The idea of people of color solidarity, I think, came about as a way for minorities to come together and really elevate and support one another. But that's not really the case most times and what people don't realize is that people of color can be just as racist as white people and just because they're a minority it doesn't exempt them from being racist. I believe that people of color solidarity is true but only to a certain extent and after you reach that extent everything else is just a myth. I really wish we could be like the we are the world posters with like everyone with different colored hands kind of holding on to one another and it's like really sweet to look at but it's not really like that at all my first point being is that we should differentiate black people from people of color so the term people of color was created um to mean anyone that's non-white and i mean obviously it's evolved throughout the years but the term people of color like on its own unconsciously erases black people so the term people of color is meant to involve inclusivity and to promote diversity but it unconsciously combines the challenges faced by people of color and places those issues at the forefront of the conversation while issues faced by black people are left missing entirely from the conversation I don't I think issues facing minorities shouldn't be talked about using a one size fits all mentality. Placing all the issues and struggles that minorities go through on a daily basis into one category serves no purpose. Another point I have to make about this topic is that people love to use the term people of color and black people interchangeably as if they're interchangeable words when they're really not. So the term people of color should never be used when talking about specific black issues because the struggles that black people experience are intrinsic to the black experience and no one else's. By claiming that black issues are issues of people of color, it dismisses the issues black people face in a way because the experience of people of color and the experience of black people are just different. An issue shouldn't have to be labeled as a person of color issue for people to empathize with it. For some reason, this made me think about celebrities and influencers and how their apologies for whatever racist thing they said in the past never addresses the black community. 
Instead, their apologies are addressed to people of color, and this is one of the many reasons why these words can't be interchangeable. Their apologies come off as ingenuine, and honestly, I'm sick and tired of seeing these people get caught for saying the n-word or for doing something racially ignorant and their apologies are never directed towards the black community which are the exact people that they hurt in the process i'm also like incredibly tired of iphone note apps apologies i really wish that those can just get canceled i know cancel culture isn't real but if it could be real just cancel iphone note apologies because i'm tired of seeing them but identity is an important part of talking about POC solidarity, so I wouldn't personally identify myself as a person of color, although I am black and therefore a person of color. I think if I were to identify as a person of color to someone that, you know, didn't know me, it wouldn't exactly be the truth, or I feel like I wouldn't be truthful to myself, and I'll, and I'll explain why. I'm you know, anyone that sees me could tell that I'm black. I'm very obviously a dark-skinned black girl. And so if I were to label myself as a person of color, like to somebody that didn't know me, that would seem less appropriate, I feel. Um, because, I don't know, to me, it almost seems like a cop-out. It seems like I'm clumping myself as a minority like as an other which i mean i am but like i'm also very obviously black and so i shouldn't try to erase my blackness in any way and i feel like if i were to automatically just tell someone that i'm a person of color like that could mean anything you know because again labeling yourself as a person of color is basically saying that you're not white and this honestly goes back to how interchangeable the words people of color and black people are because to some labeling themselves as a person of color is easier and um, to others it's almost like as it is to me it's like erasure of black culture. I'm not sure if that made sense to anybody or if I articulated that um, to the best of my ability but I do feel like identity is a huge part of the conversation when talking about POC solidarity and whether it's true or not. Racism from other people. This is, I think, the biggest factor into why I feel like POC solidarity is a myth. Um, I will say that experiencing racism from people of color feels like such a letdown. I don't know like how to describe it in any other way but it's one thing for you to experience racism from white people it's one thing for white people to be racist but it's another thing for people who have experienced racism and microaggressions and stereotypes for their race to also portray that to somebody else i genuinely don't understand it the whole idea of people of color solidarity makes the assumption that we're all we're all in this together and it makes the assumption that people of color can't be racist and they can't be anti-black as if anti-blackness doesn't run rampant among other cultures as if the entire world isn't anti-black and so i ask why is it that black suffering is viewed as a joke or is viewed as something to insult i can't tell you how many times i've seen 
posts on social media making fun of really horrific and really and just like real life experiences of black people like there's no reason to joke about police brutality or slavery or the transatlantic slave trade yet there are people in this world that think that those things are genuinely funny and I didn't really think about it at the time but I realized how it's it's so interesting how the real life situations that black people go through and that black people have gone through are so hilarious and they're the butt of every joke but if you were to take out black people from it and if you were to insert another group of people the joke wouldn't be funny anymore and I think it's really interesting how black people suffering is the butt of a joke and honestly how black people suffering has been the butt of a joke for a really long time Recently, there's been a trend on TikTok where people are posting gross videos about their form. So in, th- in one particular video, there is this person in a specific position and a text box appeared on the screen that said, and I quote, how's my form? And as soon as that popped up, the background changed to slaves on a cotton field and the person in the position now had a whip. And these are, I mean, this is just one of many that I've seen on the app, but I mean, I don't even have to explain how incredibly racist and disgusting that post is. It just wasn't in good nature, but what caught my attention was that this specific video and all of the other videos that I saw that were similar to it were done by people of color. And I definitely grew up with the notion that there was this, this... solidarity between minorities and black people and that if we saw one person kind of um, being stereotyped or suffering from you know racism we would step up and defend them and then the same vice versa but a lot of the times that doesn't happen and and even now I find myself surprised when I see people of color standing up for black people and like standing up for black issues and being um, very supportive of kind of the racism that we encounter and the police brutality that we face you know that I mean I'm always surprised by that but when I think about it I really shouldn't be because shouldn't we all just accept that okay yes we are all people of color and we all experience racism and microaggressions and stereotypes to a certain level but the experience that black people go through is incredibly different than the experience of people of color and even the experience that people of color have is different from one another but we should all just support one another and just empathize with one another and understand that we're all kind of we're all just trying to live our lives and the fact that we're people of color makes it so much harder. I think there's a difference between people of color and black people bonding over their shared experiences and people of color being in solidarity with one another. Like those two are completely different things and I feel like when people are talking about POC solidarity, I think that's what they mean. Those are completely different things, you know? I don't really think that 
the solidarity aspect of it has been apparent in recent years. I, I think it's interesting to talk about now because I think about everything that, you know, the black community has faced in recent years um, with the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement and, well, and how it's been terrorized. And it also makes me think about how um, whenever, like, a woman says something, nobody really listens to her but then whenever a man says the same thing um all of a sudden people listen to him and it's almost the same thing with black issues people of color issues and white people so if there's an issue so if black people say oh um police brutality is a real thing nobody really listens to that community to the black community but then if a white person says the same thing you know they're listened to and um that makes me think of everything that the black community has has experienced in recent years and how if people of color solidarity was real and if a lot of that community was in support of in support of us and in support of black issues i mean obviously it would help the black community but also i don't want to speak for the for the entire community but like would we want the support of people that don't really care about us or would we rather just do it on our own and also if the people of color community don't are anti-black and don't accept us then we really shouldn't be clumped into one big category like it should obviously be a separate thing especially when talking about black issues because they're not interchangeable and they never were and they never will be because the situations and the experiences that black people go through especially in america are particular to the black experience and no one else's so in conclusion i don't think that people of color solidarity is true in fact i think it's a myth i think I don't know who created it, but I think it was a way for people to clump all minorities together into one category and to also clump all of their struggles and issues into one category um, without really dealing with it or kind of starting the conversation. And um, black people and people of color needs to be a distinguished thing. It can't be interchangeable because that just does more harm than good so that's the end of my episode about people of color solidarity i hope you enjoyed um i apologize if i'm like if my voice was like really monotone throughout this whole episode we're in quarantine we've been in quarantine for weeks now and honestly i had to like drag myself out of bed to finish recording that or to, like to start recording this and to finish writing the script, so I hope it's good. So yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode.